Welcome back to the Innovative Experience Podcast, episode 23, and we are back for another episode. You know what time it is, like my guy Rod Mason says. You know how we start off every podcast. It's another day, another grind. What will you do with your time? Because it either make you or you make it. Ah, oh, man. Listen, man, we're back. We're here again. Every time I get in front of my brother, I get excited. I get rejuvenated. It reminds me of what I do and everything, what God has placed into me, man. So we're back for another episode, you all. You know how we do. I needed to send this episode to your friend, your cousin, your auntie, your mama. It does not matter. Send this episode right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you also can subscribe to us on all platforms that we're on right now. So this is the Innovative Experience Podcast for those that are tuning in for the first time. This is a self-improvement podcast that helps you gain control, direction, and next steps in your career and finding your path, family. So we thank you all, right, for tuning in today for our episode. We really want to do everything that we can to help encourage you to take control, take that risk, step out on faith, and really take control of your career life. So today is going to be a little bit different. We've been running the numbers, looking at data uh, of different things that we've done with our podcast. But before we get a little bit more deeper, man, Mason, man, how you been, family, man? What's been going on? How you how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm just excited to be back in front of the mic. Yes, sir. To just inspire people and to, you know, help people grow in the very different things that they want to do. So I'm excited to be here, excited to share, excited to give out nuggets just to make a difference, man. I'm excited. Well, you know you got to do it, man. I need to hear it. I need to, I need to hear it, man. I need to okay, hear it. my listeners. <laughs> I need you to do me a huge favor. I need you to let me know that you know what day this is. So we're going to bring it from the top. This is the day motivational Monday. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, hey, man, I'm telling you, man, every time I hear it, I get hyped up. So like I said, we've been running the numbers. We've been looking at a lot of data from our podcast, and we really want to make everything that we do and provide content and value for all of our listeners. So we're really getting more back into the educational standpoint yes. of really, really just sharing y'all like the failures that we've learned in our stories and on our journey and really yes. helping cater to our audience out there today. So I, I really want to really kind of slow things back down. And our conversation today is we're talking about niches and paths. And we're going to come back to it for what we're saying. But I, I think about my life and, and, and the things that I've been through and a lot of people that don't know, and I'm going to get to you, Mr. Mason, that and I really started my journey in 2016. Uh, started out as a, ca a caseworker, man. Right, working with kids from DFAS. Yeah, DFAS, like behaviors, everything you can think of, man. But, it, but that experience for me starting out uh, really created the man that I am today. It created me to be sensitive. It created me to have a yield and a desire to help, you know, kids that are underserved. That's what my heart is. I'm, you, know, you know, Ms. Mason, that I'm, I'm passionate about helping young people elevate. So when I look at 2016 and all the way to now, the last six years has really been uh, my journey starting off from caseworker to as an academic advisor in higher education, where I did that for almost two to three years. And help really over 1,500 students find their path. 
So that's something that's exposure that I really am passionate about because I just understand for people that like me and you, when you come from small towns and rural communities, a lot of times we're not given the resources and the opportunities that people get from urban areas. So I always have been a person to do everything I can to put students in position, to put young high schoolers in position, to have conversation with middle schoolers. I know that God has called me to be in this path of youth development. So I'm thankful for where I'm at today, but what we really want to do today is we want to slow things down and help you understand, like, how do you find what you want to do? How do you find your niche? We're going to break those things down today. But, Mr. Mason, man, can you reflect uh, on your path and uh, how did you get to what you're doing today and empowerment and motivation and, and just expressing and doing everything that you can to help people understand your story and who you are like whether that all start with from your path. We know what your story was from earlier podcasts, but what? how did you get to this path of, of, of what you're doing today, man? <clears throat> For me, it started um, when I moved up here, because I moved up here in like 2003. Okay. And um, when I got a job at the um, middle school, J.L. Newbern at the time, Okay. <clears throat> I was a custodian, so I was running kids and stuff. Gotcha, so gotcha. Um, at that point, that's when what you see today started to brew a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, from that point, I went to different various jobs, but that always stuck with me. But the conversations that I had with those students, the things that I saw with those students that I, I felt like needed to change or mm-hmm. someone could make a difference if it, if this was said or that was done. But all through my journey up until now, you know, I did, like I said, I did various jobs. And I worked at two different schools, being a custodian. Gotcha. And, you know, it was middle school. And I, I just in elementary, um, the WG nine and um, you know Newburn gotcha, was know. the two schools, and um, I saw a lot, and I, I I saw where man, if this was implemented, man, these kids are sore. So I had I started getting that passion to want to be able to make a difference in the lives of students, people in general. But now that I, I've come of age and I look around, and I see that you know this generation need be need to be poured back into. So with me. Being like you in the youth development, you know, with the kids and everything, and the young adults, the college students, I mean, I think they're going to make for a better world in at this time for them and for others that come in contact with them because of the accessibility of the knowledge that we have at hand that we can share. Mm-hmm. Because what's not shared, it can't get done. Mm. But if you can share something, then people can formulate a plan and then do exactly what's been shared to make a difference. So... That high kind of started for me. So now that I'm here, you know, you know, I reflect back on those moments. Yeah. You know, or the times I had to talk to some of these students and, and joke with them and to see the potential, you know, for them. And then, then I had a thirst for it years later. And I said, OK, well, you know what? I'm just going to inspire. You know, I work, but I'm still going to inspire <laughs> right, until I can get right. to the point where I can just just inspire. Right. You know, transform, you know, motivate, you know. That's Courage. Good. That's good, man. So, uh, man, I didn't know that. I didn't even know that you started at, uh, you said at uh, 03, you started at WG. Okay, yeah. okay, didn't know that. Good stuff, man. But let's really just talk about the problem, man. And and I know, man, you have been into, you've been in this work a little bit longer than me, but I've been in this work going on about 70 years. And, and we, let's just kind of start with the global pandemic, right? Let's talk about 2020, COVID. Like when COVID happened, oh, like it really just derailed so many mental health issues yes. with young people, 
uh, separation and anxiety yes. for young people. And a lot of times now for really, if you, since the COVID, like it make it has made it more difficult really in the job market for young adults, like especially to have a transition right into college that are transitioning right into the workforce. So everything <clears throat> that we know right now has changed because of COVID. And, and a lot of times, you know, one of the most consistent problems that I see that a lot of young people have a plan well, they don't have a plan and they don't understand the importance of a, a realistic goal. Like I was reading something the other day, man, and it said a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yeah. Like if you don't have a plan, a concrete, clear plan, like in knowing what you want to do. Like, how in the world can you set goals that's going to be able to line you up to know and, and complete tasks to what is in jeopardy? So when we look at all of those different threats and that big problem of COVID, and now we're still kind of derailing through, still from like two years in, right? And we're still taking these steps of, of really recovering from COVID. And I just feel like that most of our, our Gen Z, right, Generation Z that's, that's right now really suffered from most of it the damage of it man so my question is before we break down of how you really find your path how, how do you think from a person a young person that's lost it could be in high school it could be in college it could be in the workforce you know how how can they find like what they what they desire to do knowing the threats that has happened from covid knowing that maybe it used to be things in place that people did in person now we live in a hybrid generation and you got to get it for yourself and you got to do it for yourself. We know fast, fast, fast pace, the, the digital media age. So what would you say coming back from COVID? Like what what is a way that anyone can find, you know, find that path, find out what they want to do and different things of that nature from your perspective? My From my perspective, I think um – Pick up what you had beforehand and see what you can savage. Mm. Now, you no know, be it COVID did what it did, and it disrupted a lot of things. And some of what the person may have had beforehand may not be useful at the moment, but it's, it's something that they had that can be savage. And that's something that you can build upon from that moment. And I know that, you know, COVID did what it did, and it shifted a lot of things. And even today, people are still afraid a little bit because it haven't, totally went away right but you know it's not as powerful as it was mm -hmm. you know it, it, it still exists but it has lost power and now people some people have starting to gain confidence again but for a person you know who got to start you know from where they are because of what it, what happened to them you know i would try to savage what i had from the beginning and i and i have to understand too that some of the stuff that i had I might cannot I might can't continue with it or use it, but what I do have, I'm gonna try to savage from that point and try to find someone, you know, to help me put some pieces together. But That's you can't good. do it alone. That's good stuff. It's something. It's somebody out there that will, that will help you. Mm -hmm. It just take time. It take researching. So I would suggest the person who's in that position to savage what they got left and then find someone to help them build from that point on. Absolutely. Man, let me just say this, um, because I really want to come from more of a career perspective, right? For someone that has, like I told you all, I've worked in academic advising for going on four years. I've worked with over 1,500 students pe between the ages of 18 and 65. 
And for a person that deals with an anxiety, you get nervous, you're more oh. introverted, you 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 don't really you're not a person that knows how to ask the right questions and you're struggling with, your, with what you want to do in your path. This is the question that I really want to ask you. We're going to break this question down. Okay. The question <clears throat> that I always ask anyone that is lost and is looking at finding your path or your niche, what do you do? Now, for someone who has no experience in knowing what they do, I want you to think about what you have done the last seven years of your life. If it's any type of impact, any type of service, what you're going to do, I always tell my students this, you're going to write down I, and you're going to put down a verb. I've helped, I've taught, I teach, I served, whatever it may be. I want you to think about as many verbs of things that you have done in the last seven years. It could have been... I fed, I, uh, I fed a thousand people with my church ministry, whatever it may be, any type of service, write down as many things that you have done with the service, all right? Once you have remembered at least probably 10 different things, I want you to look at that list. I have served, I have taught, I have helped, I have whatever, and I want you to circle what you see in common. That's good. That's a good circle strategy. what you see in common. And then I want you, this is the question that I want to ask you this, because I use this concept with a lot of times when I'm doing a lot of career coaching. It's called the PTG, passion, talent, gift. All right. Passion, talent, gift. All right. So now that I have wrote down this list and trying to discover what I want to do, yes. I wanted to ask this question. What am I passionate about? Right. Once you desire and see what your passion does, does your passion line up with anything that you just wrote down? Yes. And then you have to ask yourself this. What is the God-given talent that he has given me that I don't have to work hard for? That's naturally. Yes. A talent cannot be something that's placed into you. It's something that God gave you at birth. So yes. the only reason, and we've seen this coming from the South, the only reason talent, talent is not maximized because it's not in the right environment. Yes. When it's not in the right environment, you don't get the right exposure. When you don't get the right exposure, you don't get the right questions. When you don't get the right questions asked to you, you are indecisive and you don't know where to go. Yes. That's a lot of kids right now, a lot of students, whatever you are, that has came from COVID. So at the end of the day, the only way, like Mr. Mason just said, that like we just broke down, that you're going to even find out what you want to do, you've got to have the faith to ask a question. Yes, got to. It's the only way. Faith is the only thing that moves mountains. What does mountains mean? It means situations. It means obstacles. It means things that I've went through. It means even whatever that is stepping in your way from yes. crossing over. And sometimes, you know what? It's, it, you can't even imagine what your mindset, if it's, if it's even possible. That type of faith yes. is what it's going to take for you to realize, okay, what's my passion? Is my passion lined up with my talent? All right, what is my talent? What have I what do I do naturally good? What have I been doing for so long with the service thing? And the most important thing is the gift. A lot of people think that a gift is something that someone can hand to me. Mr. Mason can't say, "Hey man, here's your gift. I want you to grab it and go do something with it." Your gift was given to you at birth. Yes. When you came out of your mother's womb, God gave you a gift. The threat is the enemy puts you and distracts you from people Right. Or in an environment and takes you away from the environments that helps you what? develop the gift. Yes. 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about all of those different things, passion, talent, gift, what have I done in the last six to seven years? This is how you get a good sense and a purpose of knowing what do you do. Now I'm talking now that's coming from a perspective of yes. someone that has no idea, you don't have any experience. That's the step one to do. Now let me ask you a question. What do you feel like someone can do that what someone can do if they have experience, right? If they have a little experience, right? Already from what is a way that you feel from your perspective of what they really can find, what they want to do. What do you do? Well, for instance, just say I'm a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. Now, photography, I mean, it, I'm, I'm a photographer. I just go around shooting pictures. Now, if you want to, to, to horn in on, you know, to specialize in something, you can't just say I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. You have to, you, you're going to have to narrow that. Okay, photographer of what? Okay, I'm a photographer, but, photographer, but I'm just going to focus on brides. Yeah, that's good stuff. So when I focus on brides, now it's not broad anymore. Mm-hmm. I have narrowed it down so now I can focus. So now that small niche could lead me to a bigger niche to where I could be a photographer teaching um, a company yes, sir. on photography or a small business on photography. So that one niche that I have focused on have now created a bigger niche. Mm. Now, me just saying I'm a photographer, it's going to take time because it's you, you have, photographer or what? You, you, you're still broad. Right. But when you narrow it down to brides or, or grooms, now you can become a master in your industry, authority leader in your industry. That's good stuff. But just being a plain old photographer, it's hard. But most of the time you see photographers, they got a certain niche. They, they focus on maybe um children or maybe schools or, like I said, the bride. I mean, they, 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 they narrow it down. And you have to focus on something Dude. in order to become a Authority leader or a leading person in your industry because if you don't focus on something, then that, those things I just named, it can't be. You got to narrow it down. Listen, man, I think y'all really just, I don't think y'all really just listen to what he just said. And, t- and to everything you, you just said, it really resonates with me to asking you this second question, right? Who do you serve? Who do you serve? That is your audience. That is your avatar, right? Once you ask yourself from the experience that you have already gained, looking at the list, like what you just said, you got to ask yourself, who do you serve? See, yes. it's a lot of young people, young adults, that you you give this path that's so broad. But what I'm learning, and I'm a sports guy, it's all about the numbers and being specific yes. and about what you do. Totally agree. All right? So, like you said, I'm a great example, man. Great example. Say you are a photographer. Let's say on that list that you've you've done a more. Let's say you circled four things that has really com- that really connects to what you've impacted and people in way of photography. All right. Now that you have understand, like what Mr. Mason said, a photographer, you ask yourself, okay, who do I serve? What have I done? What comes more natural? Let's say weddings, right? Weddings is people that you serve, you intern. This is the most important thing that most people. What I'm about to say miss now once you understand of who do you serve you've got to get in the environment yes you've got to get in the environment i'm going to tell you all this what do i mean when i say you got to get in the environment you've got to immediately go find a mentor that is in the same exact field that you desire to be and i'm gonna tell you this right now you need to as soon as you whatever whoever you find you need to be willing to 
sacrifice and serve a minimum of 180 hours with this person. Literally going and asking as many questions as you can ask. But you've got to find someone that is on the same path. We're talking about how do you find your path. The problem is you're thinking that, you know, that no one can, that's no, that it hasn't been done already. Like we said in other podcasts, everything that you want is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. It's already been created. And you're trying to take the long way when mentorship is a shortcut to help, to help you gain wisdom. So you got to get in the right environment. You've got to attach yourself to a mentor and you need to serve 180 hours. I'm not talking about for a monetary anything. I'm talking about a delayed invoice. That's yes. all it is. That's how you look at it. This is a delayed invoice. So I am going in this like I am working and getting paid for when I don't do anything. That is the mindset that you have to have. And I'm, I'm trying to give y'all keys right here to win. Like you can, you can do yes. your way. We're trying to help you understand that mentorship and accountability will save you time and will save your life. But yes. most people don't do this step. And I really want to hear your perspective of why most people do not understand the value of getting in the right environment once you find your, your path, once you find your niche, and understanding to attaching themselves to a mentor. Why do most young adults struggle with this step, Mr. Mason? For starters, um, they want to be the only one doing and saying what they want to do. And two, I know this generation too, have a problem with authority sometimes. Ooh, they don't want they they don't want their idea to be opposed, but your idea of being opposed is not a bad thing. Now the shortcut of a mentor, a mentor or mentorship, that's a good shortcut. Cause we take shortcuts a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And some of these shortcuts we take is really bad for us. Especially when you know it alone. Right. But if you can get a mentor and have mentorship, that's a good shortcut to take. It helps lessen the process versus you alone. But a lot of time people don't want to be opposed with their idea. Not saying that it will be opposed, but in our, in our mind, we automatically go there. Like, you know, ain't nobody for telling me to do this is what I believe. Keep believing it. But it's other people that can show you shortcuts that what you believe, you know, you could try to slightly do it this way and still be believing what you believe. It's just a better way. But sometimes we don't want to hear that because it's not coming from us or we didn't think of it. Mm -hmm. But having that mentorship, I mean, we all need somebody that we can look up to or go to because it's always somebody that know a little bit more than you. So if you can get that a little bit more and it didn't come for you, why not? Mm -hmm. But because it didn't come from me, I have a problem. So now that's a self problem. You know, that's a pride problem. So now you wasting time because of pride. So you have to deal with, with you. But having that mentorship, that's not a given all the time. To find mentorship now, and you if you can find it, that's good. Because it's a lot of people mentoring some people. It, it ain't really mentoring them for the better. It's all different types of mentorship, but when you can find the mentorship for what you need, I would take it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand opposed or have those questions in my head like, well, you know, who can tell me what? You can learn a whole lot. If you didn't, if you couldn't, you'll be where you need to be right now, but you're not. So they let you know you need work and you need to find someone that's already there doing what you're trying to do. It just helped lessen the curve, learn the curve. 
and take and save you a whole lot of time. Yes, so will. today with the people with the generation today, they don't like to take correction from nobody. They don't like to hear something, you know, from somebody else concerning what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not always a bad thing. And you got to be able to embrace that and adjust and adapt and just know that, you know, constructive criticism is not bad criticism. Talk about it. It's just to build you up in the area that you're in to help you go farther than what you probably would have gone without it. Right. And let me just say this, like everything that we're talking about, I'm not we're not just giving you a whole bunch of fluff right now. Oh, they're just talking up there. Listen, everything that we talk about, we're actually doing. Yes. I can give you right now, I can give you a list of how many mentors that I have in almost everything that I do. I have a mentor when it comes to nonprofit business that we do. Yes. I mentor when it comes to financial. I have mentors when it comes to mindset. I have a spiritual mentor, which is one of the most important mentors to have because yes. a lot of you all, spiritual health is, is empty. And you trying to figure, I ain't going to even get to that right. That's a whole other conversation whole right now. Podcast. But you, 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 you're neglecting your spiritual health, yes. which is the only way that, that Jesus is going to, all right, that's going to be able to really use you and, and ignite what you, ha- okay, that, what you have inside of you. But we ain't going to step at that right no. now. But anyway, the question that I wanted to ask for all of that, what we're talking about is, do you have a mentor? Who are you following? What's the wisdom coming from? What's the ground that you're planting yourself in? Yes. I'm, we're talking about paths and niches. Every path and niche, you've got to have, you got to have someone that's going to lead you through that purpose tunnel. Like that lantern, ladder in their head. You know, like you've yes. seen the ladders before, like people have the ladder in their hand, and you're going through this dark tunnel, right? And it lights up. and Just enough in front of me. Just enough in front of me that I can see. So you got to have someone that's already leading you through. And the problem is right now is you're trying to go through the tunnel blind. Yes. That's what exactly happens when you don't understand the the power of mentorship you don't understand the power of having somebody that has already laid the steps in front of you but the whole thing that we're talking about now you've got to have the work you got to show up 80 percent of the game is showing up yes do you know how many young adults don't show up in the time that they're supposed to show up and you're looking for a handout stop looking for a handout go into work Go in, go with a willing and open mind to learn because that's part of the process. You got to realize that, like, understand that this is a process. Understand that it's going to take a long time of consistent work to be able to get where you want to get. I'm not talking about two years, three years, four years. I'm talking about it could last seven years. Are you going to be willing to follow something for seven years on this path, seven years? And guess what? You may go through rain. You may go through sacrifice. You may go through pain because guess what? I've been on this road for seven years and the Lord knows that I'm going to be on it for 30 because I'm not going anywhere because this is what he's called us to do. Yes. So you got to realize something. What are you willing to do? What work are you going to be willing to put in once you discover the God-given what passion, talent, and gift that he's given me? It's not going to happen overnight. So make sure y'all understand the importance of what we're talking about here. This is from experience. This is from a place of vulnerability to help our listeners understand that there's more of the ways to be able to get what you're trying to get. So understand what we're talking about. I just wanted to make sure I had to reiterate that. All right, man. So we're getting ready to wrap up. Mr. Mason, what you got, man? Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. When you find your niche and you find out what you want to do, you got to ask yourself something. You know, once I find my audience, 
what do I have to offer? Mm-hmm. It's very important, you know, when you're finding your niche and finding your audience, the next question is, what do I have to offer? He said, once you know what you got to offer, then from that point, then things will start happening monetary-wise yes, for you. Mm-hmm. But don't go in with the mindset of money, money, money first. You got to – I have heard this said before. When you help when you help enough people to get what they want, mm-hmm. you'll get what you want by default. Mm. You got to find a service that people need. And when you find that service that they need, try to meet that need. And whatever niche that is – that's the need. So you meet that need, and you give them what you can give them for that need, which is service. Then in return, you'll get what you need. Mm. So when you meet somebody else's need, you'll get what you need by default. So focus on the area, the audience, and what you have to offer, and then the rest is history. That's good stuff, man. It's another podcast. Of the Innovative Experience Podcast. Listen, man, I, I really enjoyed this conversation yes. today. We really could have went a lot deeper and broke down more things that yes. we, we did. But for, you know, like I say, this is good. This is good. So let me just say this. This episode is sponsored by Mission 3E. Mission 3E is a nonprofit organization that helps young people elevate in school life and career. And listen, for anyone that is out there that is lost and you're looking to be a part of a community, because we didn't even hit on that. That's almost the environment. You can go to www.mission3e.com, and there's opportunity for mentorship and guidance with coaches. So, again, this has been another podcast for the Innovative Experience Podcast. Shout out to Mission 3E and everything that they're doing. And at the end of the day, like we end every podcast, I'll see you at the top because the bottom is too too crowded. crowded. Yes, sir.